Welcome to the Q&A Quest episode 232. I'm your host, Mike Apps of House Atreides, and with me as always... Uh, caught in a time loop with my shitty talking guitar. And the lost son of Harkonnen, who nobody talks about, your man in Japan, Michael Baker. Nice. Some someone for Dune. I took the road less traveled, and that has made all the difference. What is your reference from? <laughs> Ephemeral Fantasia. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what? I was, when I start talking, uh, my t- trapped in a time loop with my shitty talking guitar was Ephemeral Fantasia. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> that game's trash, but we'll get to that. <laughs> What have we been up to? Well, I am currently, um, you know, I'm not quite sure, but I'm getting pretty close into 600 hours onto Nino Mar- um, Kuni 2. Uh, All of them played and, actively. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just laughing because one of the things I, I have yet to build in my um, kingdom is a facility that's supposed to help boost citizens' experience gain. Because um, I don't think I've got a single citizen who is not at max level right now of wow. the 68 that we have. Just because they, um, I mean, I'm a, I pick it up, I play it for a bit, I put it down again, and the game doesn't know the difference. And so, yeah, they just gain levels like crazy. Go on. Yep. Uh, and then other than that, I am currently in the middle of a very silly small writing project. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, um, this was um, inspired by something that happened not quite a year ago. It was on one of my regular forums, and somebody in the D&D section was like, um, basically complaining that they're, um, they had like a, a Pact of the Fiend Warlock, and their their patron was calling in a favor that they had to um, basically they had to tempt a group of children towards sin or something like that and he was like what do I do how can I deal with this and the other a- answers on to the question were basically hey you made a deal with a fiend suck it up <laughs> uh, I'm like it's like this is not very helpful dudes so my my suggestion was well first look at the actual contract involved check out the wording of the request and if at all possible I would suggest that, you know what, just from what you've told me, making a children's picture book called Big Daddy Mephisto's Happy Fun Place would probably fulfill the pact. And um, this actually was like the most popular answer. (laughs) Um, I can understand um, that. Yeah, um, with several people commenting along the lines of, you know what, Mephisto would probably just get a kick out of this. (laughs) Um, and, um, uh, the, the guy's actual, um, the guy actually running the game, uh, messaged me saying, you know what, if he actually tries this, I am so going to let him, because it's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, this is just, this idea's just been rattling around in my head for the next ten and a half months, and I figured, you know what, this is, it's Halloween coming up, I might as well try to ride it. So, um, yeah, I'm about, like, eight, like, seven or eight stanzas into this. And, um. It's basically what would what would Doctor Seuss write if he were, or um, if he were role playing a warlock in fifth edition. 
<laughs> so, I'll probably post the entire thing to, to Twitter as soon as I'm finished, and it'll probably take like 20 tweets to do, but it's gonna be fun. Okay. So, how about you, Wheels? How, what are you up to? Uh, I've been playing a ton of Slay the Spire. Mm hmm. Thanks to healthy amount. randomly streaming it and being like, "Oh yeah, this game is this game is built for wheels." Yes. <laughs> so um, the way the game works is, after you complete successfully complete a run with the character, you unlock basically a new mm -hmm. game plus an ascension. It's called, which goes up to twenty, uh, and each mm -hmm. kind of throws different monkey wrenches into the game. Uh, so I'm up to Ascension 7 on one of the characters, so I've been kind of messing around with that. And also, in my spare time, been playing it all on my Android tablet as well and trying to make some progress in there. And trying to beat the, the true final boss again, which uh, you don't have to do for a run to be quote-unquote successful. But you obviously do have to if you want to actually beat the game. But it's a very difficult boss. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as RPGs, that's kind of been the big thing I've been playing the past week. Uh, along with some Bloodstained, but that's been mostly on stream, so... Yeah. Um, it's... It's been nice to start that game fresh again and and just see how it not only continues like ideas and systems from Symphony of the Night, but all those all the uh, GBA and DS games that followed it that I have played woefully little of. So uh, really enjoying it, and I will probably stream it once I'm done getting my ass kicked in this game. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. I've been playing trash. <laughs> like nice. just diving through a giant pile of garbage. Uh, I don't know how much to elaborate on that since most of it is just me like doing what I'm pretending can be called research for Patreon essays, but uh, yeah, a uh, lot of, lot of early PS2 garbage, a uh, lot of Grand Theft Auto knockoffs from the period of like 2002 to 2005, uh, very little of it worth speaking of, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's an option to read about later if you do end up caring, uh, but uh, the only thing that technically is fitting for this podcast is the thing I was referencing earlier. Do you remember what it's called, Wheels? Scarface, the world is yours? No, that's not an RPG. <laughs> Ephemeral Fantasia, okay. Wheels, the shame of a nation. <laughs> but, yeah, like, uh, fucking, yeah, Ephemeral Fantasia, and that's weird, but also kind of Crash, so. But also, my guitar and it won't shut up. It's. He just keeps talking. I want him to shut up so badly. Does he say anything the one good interesting? 
he's supposed to be like speaking for the protagonist, but he's mostly just a huge asshole. Wow. Like he's speaking because the protagonist is silent, so it's like, oh, well, someone has to talk, and like. The protagonist occasionally makes it clear that the guitar is more of an asshole than he is, <laughs> but like, it's one of those situations. Because like, there's a bit where he just starts like, he he just harasses a lady, and like the protagonist just starts smacking him. But yeah, he just sucks and he never shuts up. Sweet. So, not not huge into that. Um, but yeah, uh, I've I've also been very amused at a very strange uh, kind of something that immediately sets the tone for the level of translation quality we're at. Because Konami at this era was not a consistent, uh, decent localization. So there's a character who I did some looking, and her name is Rumi in Japanese, which you know, fair whatever. In English, they they were like. Fuck it, and named her Rummy, like R U M M Y. Huh. I don't mm. know what their thought process was for that. R U M M Y. Yeah. That that's a brand of alcoholic candy in Japan. Yeah. Uh. That's yeah. The, that's is only in the English version that they renamed her to Rummy. Oh, okay. In in Japanese, near as I can tell, she is just named Rumi. Mm. So it's just one of those things where it's like they just decided that people wouldn't be able to tell what Rumi was, but it's already kind of weird to name anyone Rumi. Like, like the names in this game are just all over the map. Uh, the villain has the most villainous-sounding name imaginable because his name is Zelferpolis, <laughs> spelled with an mm -hmm. X. So it's just one of those names that you read that and it's like that's the villain. What a jerk no this one, guy is. No, no one else, no one would have a name as portentous sounding as Zelferpolis if they weren't the villain. Uh, but yeah, it's a time loop game. Uh, if you've ever played uh, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, you understand what it's going for. But uh, imagine if Majora's Mask was awful and mostly built around keeping appointments. That and then finding terrible. appointments that you didn't realize existed. <laughs> like, the way that you get party members is that you have to convince them that the time loop is real. And uh, to do that, you mostly have to find very roundabout ways to convince them that you knew what the future was before it happened. And uh, that usually involves... Uh, very poorly clued cryptic quests that uh, if you mess up any step of them, you have to start the time loop over. So, you know, uh, kind of kind of terrible. Absolutely no reason anyone should ever think about it again. That's why I'm going to write something about it. Nice. I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing. Don't, don't make fun. Uh, hey, there was some news today. There was RPG related news that just ran uh, out new, of nowhere. Was it the game or of what the series? Whatever was it, fifth or sixth in that series? It would be sixth. Sixth. 
in the main well, line. Technically, the, technically the seventh because Blue Sphere exists. Yeah, I was saying he's sixth in the main line. Uh huh. Blue Sphere exists as a spinoff because it posits a version of Star Ocean 2's events that cannot actually be attained. But I know, but it's such an it's awesome. It's beautiful. Game. Oh yeah, it's lovely. But uh, but yeah, as we are poorly uh dancing around Star Ocean Divine Factor, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Divine Force uh, was announced today. Uh, Sony did its level best to imply it was a PS4 and PS5 only game. Uh, the actual announcement clarifies that it's also coming to Windows, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One. Xbox? Uh, huh? I'm just saying Xbox? Sh sure. Yeah. Uh, returning from Star Ocean 5, we have a protagonist with a name a human being might actually have. Uh, our protagonist's name is apparently Raymond. Which, uh... Hey, everybody loves Raymond. Well, uh, we, like, we, we've, we've been on a curve, uh, with Star Ocean, because we started with Star Ocean 1 with Roddick, which is not really a name, but almost a name. <laughs> then... Yeah. It's like Roderick. It's very similar. Uh, then Star Ocean 2, we had Claude and Reyna, and those are both like names someone could have. Then Star Ocean 3 went and went nuts and decided that the protagonist was named Fate Line God. And also that game Star sucks. Ocean... <laughs> yeah, that game sucks extremely. Star Ocean 4 also sucks extremely and stars Edge Maverick. Then Star Ocean 5 is pretty good, and it stars Fidel Camus, which, again, is an actual name humans have. So, by the by the associations I have with whether a name is possible for the protagonist, like, whether the protagonist's name is ridiculous versus game's quality, Star Ocean 6 will be good. Mm -hmm. This is this is the best way I can prognosticate at this point. But, uh, the... the uh, I'm not super sold on the art style, but that's kind of the art style they've been going for with all of the 3D Star Oceans. It looks weird, and it's, they've sort of never improved on it, but the environments look pretty cool. Uh, the combat looks pretty good. There's a lot of footage of the protagonist basically flying. I'm into that. Uh, it does not look like a sequel made out of obligation, unlike 3 and 4, so... Uh, and there's some there's some cool environments. They showed like some cool like Magitech cities, and they showed some fucking like uh, uh like real like futuristic cities. So, like it's it's got the aesthetic down pat, which is kind of the biggest thing that Star Ocean has at the stage. Uh, let's see. And yeah, so like I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best uh, in in the immortal words of Alphaville, hoping for the best but expecting the worst. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm stupid. I'll play it. Hmm. Uh, it looks like it has some technical hang-ups still, but. I mean, that'll it'll probably be fine if it's meant to run on PS4. Then on PS5, it'll work. And it's it's interesting that Triace keeps making 
like a big bucket budget RPGs, that feels like something that I would have expected them to have to leave in the past. So yeah. that was kind of nice. Was there anything else at State of Play? Okay, I'm checking. I'm checking the official recap. PlayStation Log. What the? F okay, there's a sequel to Grasshopper Manufactures. Let it die. Called Deathverse. Let it die. Uh, that'll probably be okay. Uh, what the f musical biopic game by the Hyperlight Drifter. What the f No, I don't. No, nope. Can't can't work that out right now. Uh, there's an expansion to Bug Snacks. Uh, this. Writer, Drift, why is there a Mega Man in this? Why not? I don't... I don't... It doesn't look like a Capcom game, that's why not. I think this might just be a knockoff Mega Man, it's unclear. Hmm. It might just be the way that it looks from this angle. Uh, Fighters 15 beta... Something called First Class Trouble, Star Ocean Divine Forest, Little Devil Inside. Oh, that's what that was. Like, there was a thing where I, like, uh, some friends, like, told me, hey, look at State of Play because Star Ocean Divine Forest was being announced. And as is obvious, I'm the only audience for that. <laughs> but, uh, by the time I got there, it was just showing, like, a game where, like, it, it just looked like exactly the most normal sort of like uh high budget pseudo indie production uh with a wee british narrator over it and I was, like it just the only thought that i had while looking at it was moratorium on wee british narrators <laughs> and then i i finally like look at this recap and that was little devil inside which probably gonna be fine but like that's a that's the big thing like a lot of these, these state of plays just never really are very exciting. Like, there's never... Like, Star Ocean was big for me, but I don't think... Like, if you weren't me, I don't know who this was... Who was... Who this was for. Yeah. Like, who was going to get excited about what's in this? Because, like, there's a Grasshopper Manufacture game and a C-tier JRPG series I've been following since I was 12. I don't know that that's going to work for anyone else and i don't know who the rest of this is for i guess the biggest game on here is there's like a five nights at freddy's spinoff that looks awful but i feel like the iron's kind of cooled on that as well so I, yeah that's just weird like that's that's the thing about state of play i don't know who they're for at this stage yeah only only the one real rpg yet uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's, uh. 
Yeah, that's that's about that's that's about all. That's that's about all the news that I can think of. Is there other news? I don't think there was. Um, Returnal got a very important patch, which is why I'm playing it again. Oh, is it, can you manually save now? Uh, you can save it all now. So previously, there was no way to save in the middle of a run. Basically, if you wanted to suspend one, you'd have to suspend your PlayStation Five. It, it was it was oh, truly a is... baffling decision. Yeah. Like yeah. even like to to look at it another way, the game that everyone like looks at is like this is where hard games come from. Uh, Dark Souls, that's saving constantly. You can, like, my instinct is always to stop at a bonfire, but you can stop whenever. It's saving almost every time something dies. Yeah, I mean, there are, like, permanent things that change as you move along that obviously save all the time, but, like, yeah. I, it, there's, there's no real excuse to be designing a game like that in this no, especially one that's got like long runs. Like a lot of a lot of the. It's gonna be here for a couple hours, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the the best ones in the genre generally have that. Although um, one of my favorites, Risk of Rain, does not. But that has the excuse of being made by two people, and is not a seventy dollars AAA not... production. This was a seventy dollars Sony published game. That was like clearly meant to be extremely mass market. It's like there's a lot of stuff that like, well, you're you're a like small indie company or you're doing this for some artistic reason. There's there's none of those excuses for Returnal. They just yeah. did it this way for some reason. And yeah, it was it was a baffling choice. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on there. But thankfully it has been undone and now you can save a run. And not have to worry about your PlayStation 5 messing up and not keeping your suspend state. So. It's the time <sighs> to play it, though. If that was one of the things holding you back. I don't know what that was. It was a, a yawn. I, I take that. But yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's uh, that's the video game news, I guess. And, uh, we got some questions, some new ones. Sweet. Oh yay! Let's hold this up. Podcast. Let's see. Um. Yes, from from dear dear friend of the podcast, Fireminer. Uh, great episode. I assume that was the last one you put up. I think two thirty. What two thirty two? I think. Uh, we're on two thirty two. I put up two thirty. Yeah, like a week ago. I don't know. Two thirty one is not on the list. Okay, so that's the one I will be putting up, but shortly soon. Cool. Don't you love Inside Baseball? Yeah. Um, it's uploaded. I just need to do the post. Let's see. Uh, so, Fireminer says, great episode. I would like to ask a few further questions. 
Which PS2 title uh, has gameplay so wacky and or niche that it couldn't be made today or wouldn't be made? A lot of them. Yeah, I feel like we'd never see Katamari Damashi happen now. Mm. Just to pull out an easy one. But, like, even ones that have no legacy, there's just a lot more experimentation on the PS2 because budgets were so much smaller. Yeah, I mean, it was easier to um, produce stuff for and it had a really long lifespan, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. First thing that comes to Plus mind it's is sold Mr. way better in Japan. Mr. Mosquito. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were two of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or um, uh, Onion Games, um, or whatever they were back then. Uh, the guys who made Moon. They had several games on PlayStation 2. But, Are you thinking um, of, like, Chulip? I was thinking Chulip and also Indonesia. Oh, yeah, that's a weird one. They're both really, really bizarre games. Hmm. Yes. But, yeah, like, the the thing about it is also that just, like, the PS2 was also the... Like, it was wildly successful in Japan in a way that... Like, that low budget plus being wildly successful at home. So a lot of... Like, you know, you, you end up with a lot of companies that will try to be less weird because they think it turns off the global market. And so even companies that would have made weird things back then are less likely to do them now. Oh, You'll still get those, though. They do sell those here. Yeah, just because girls in cowboy hats and bikinis sell anywhere. Pretty much, pretty much. I, I, the simple that, that actually is worth bringing up though. Simple two thousand games can't really happen anymore. Yeah, I mean, let, let's really? be fair. Mechambara and World Self Defense Force were only simple two thousand games because they needed to be rescued from a lack of funding. Yeah, and they both show a severe lack of funding. But you oh, would not mean like the. Um, compared to most of the simple 2000 games, those two are actually really high quality because they didn't start oh, yeah. out as simple 2000 games. They got adopted into the program because they just needed to be bailed out. Oh yeah, so. yeah, no, absolutely. But the yeah. like, the simple 2000 games would just run the gamut from being like, you just need a really simple version of something like the bowling, and then you would just okay, get right. like the wacky ones that were made by someone who was just like, just do whatever and make the zombie versus ambulance. So, I once looked up, like, the full list. There's, like, over a hundred of these. There's so many. <laughs> yep. And even more if you consider the PlayStation series, which I've played so Oh, uh, the Simple 1500 ones, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, A lot of those uh, actually I mean, came over, but very late in the PS1's lifespan when Sony America actually started allowing games to be priced at $10. Yep. But yeah, I mean, the Simple 2000 series is basically a dumping ground for minor projects from even mid-range studios. I mean, you got stuff from Irem and Tytone Success in this series. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the, it was it was a way for them to, like, not have to worry too much about investing in it, because it was like, well, there's there's a place for this in the market, and there kind of isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, it's... It's it's a bit sad, but I mean, that's that's just kind of how it goes out. But yeah, uh, you wouldn't see the zombie versus ambulance. Uh, a lot of experimental rhythm games have kind of died, uh, so you're never going to see Guitar Man or something like that again. 
Okay, well, um, English Wikipedia does not have a list on the Simple 2000 series page, but the Japanese... It used to. They actually deleted it. (laughs) But So let's see, we've got stuff like we have... um, I mean, we've got tons of games based on things like Hanafuda and a lot of anime spinoffs. I see Gundam, I see... um, do contra guide. I see Cyborg zero zero nine, but then PlayStation he sort of perennial licenses. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, let's see. Anything really weird so far? Not so far on the PlayStation two. It takes Got a while a nin- for them to start going nuts. <laughs> Got a ninja themed dungeon RPG at number twenty on the list. Oh, um, yeah, the dungeon RPG, Shinobu Mamono Sumushiro. Yes. Um, let's see, before that we've got Sniper. Um, oh, Nightmare that one's Bullet. a... The, the Sniper? Sniper 2, Nightmare Bullet. Yeah, that one's like a legendary, like, one of the most infamous, like, piece of gay on PS2. Oh, wow. That takes a bit. And then number 21 is um, B Shoujo Simulation RPG Moonlight Tale. Yeah, you get a lot of these, like... Oh, that's a D3. That should be interesting. Okay. Yeah, there's Um, a lot of those, like, low-budget, like, Japanese adventure and visual novel games. I've played a few of these. Um, I mean, um, the Mountaineering RPG was a simple 1500. I'm a big fan of... Oh, good. Okay. Oh, yes, you were saying? Oh, I was just saying, I'm a big fan of any any time that one of these has, like, in order to emphasize that it's, like, the sequel to a prior one, it's, like, got hyper-arbitrarily attached to it. So, like, the bowling hyper. Mm-hmm. What could be more hyper than bowling? Lots of things. <laughs> Let's see. He had so, um, the uh, Earth Self-Defense Force comes in at 31 on the list. Yeah. So that took a while to show up. Mm-hmm. And see anything really weird so far. I mean, uh, aside from our defense force, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, your your own personal tokusatsu series. Um, it's the, the daughter racing simulation. Yeah, mixed martial arts boxing versus kickboxing versus karate versus pro wrestling versus sumo or no versus jujitsu versus something. It, it just trails off there. There's so many martial arts we couldn't continue. Yep. Um, got a feng shui simulator. <laughs> and see the the first the, RPG, Legend. Yeah, had to mention RPG. Densetsuno, um, the uh, legendary descendant. Yeah. I'm reading it correctly. Let's see. The kanji quest. Oh, I've got stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, Let's see, Dai B. Jean, the, the big, the giant one. beauty. Yeah, that one. That one got a lot of play in various uh, import magazines for being bizarre because it's like you're piloting a jet and trying to stop a like Godzilla-sized lady in a bikini from destroying a city out of sheer disinterest. <laughs> it's uh. Okay. Yeah, One Chambar starts in at number 61 on this list. And right before it is the Tokusatsu Henshin Hero. Um, Ultraman kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, yeah. Like, like after about 50, like, there starts to be a more consistent set of, like, grindhouse themes. Because <laughs> you get things like Maybe. the cat fights. Yeah. Literally, yeah, the cat fight. Girl cat legend. Yeah. <laughs> Survival game. Before that was the Great Sea Beast, which is another... It's actually a reference to a, a Kitaro manga. Oh, nice. It's the last I mean, sneak to an alien. Number sixty-four, the splatter action. Yeah, they get they get really strangely grindhousey after a while. Yeah. And sixty-five, Kyonshi panic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, for for anyone in the audience who doesn't know a lot of uh, Eastern monsters, Kyonshi is a type of. It's called the Jap. It's called the Chinese hopping vampire, but it's not exactly. It's more. It is more of a zombie-ish thing. Yeah, um, you've probably seen something that's referencing them, even if you didn't catch hey, I, it I can what think it was. of an episode of Jackie Chan Adventures that referenced this. Yeah. Also, yeah. usually transliterated in English as like Jongki. Um, Kyongchi. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying the Chinese would usually translate in English as Jongki. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that one was actually released in Europe as Zombie Attack. Mm, the Kung Fu. Yeah. The board game collection. We're back to boring. <laughs> the bug um the bug collection. Uh they're all bug collections. The mini police. <laughs> yep, we're back. Uchu Taisenso. Yeah. The cursed game. Is a sound novel. Zombie, sure, ver zombie versus ambulance. <laughs> yep, here we are. Zombie versus ambulance. It had to be in here. Yeah, it's the it's a Kaizoku pirates. Um, it's a guy called <laughs> Ippai Pirates. Um, oh, I just realized one of these is fucking like that's what this is. This is the mini skirt police. What the fuck? Oh yeah, mini skate police. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the the pirates the um say pirates full of skulls is, is what that's saying. That's weird. And then after that, Everyone the love knows. engine. I'm a big fan of the baby champion. Um. Okay. Try this one. The Otokotachi no Kiju Hosa. It's basically the men's or the machine gun of men. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I got a Tokotachi, and then he started moving further than I could go far along. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh, there's the next Onechan or Onechan Pong. There's so, a lot of these. And another the made outfit and machine gun. Course, and then let's make. Okay, the robot screws a. Um. <laughs> um Okay, this one's basically um, making your own, um, basically Robot Fight Club. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's something made, beautiful. Made, made outfit and machine gun. Yeah, yeah. 105. I'm really loving 109. Uh, the Taxi 2 Utenshiwa Yapari Kimida. 
just like yeah. you, the, the taxi two. I'm seeing it translated as the taxi two. You are still the driver. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Or, um, Yaparis, of course you are still the driver. Yeah, yeah. Of course you are the driver. So, Yapari. Like, yeah, Yapari is kind of a of an of course, but it's like, yeah, I, I figures I knew it. Uh, yeah, it had to be this one. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a the really good rider, Omaino bike wa orenomono. Jacked in the English translation, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Toso Highway 1 and 2, uh, Toso Highway 2 is actually called Road Warrior 2050. Mm-hmm. Which is I'm in, in in one I am 100% ready for anything labeled Road Warrior 2050. Yeah. <laughs> so 116 Nekomura no Hitobito Pug uh, so the people of Kitty Cat Village the three evil or the wicked plots of Minister Pug yeah it reminds me uh, of a game that I remember ex- hearing existed on PS2 that I haven't thought about in like a decade uh-huh. uh, Akudaikon which yeah, just means like evil magistrates. Yeah, that that was that that character was referenced in that one Neptunia game. The oh. one. he was one. Um, uh, one of the major vi- characters in the major villain group was re- a reference to Akadaikon. That's that's interesting, but yeah, that was that was always that's that's the kind of game I don't like. I don't think that couldn't happen now, but I feel like you wouldn't get one that was as like thoroughly Japanese as the concept of Akadaikon. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, um yeah, the simple series where you go for really biz- um uniquely Japanese crap. Yeah, cuz it's like no one oh. expects this to sell a lot and it doesn't have to sell anywhere but here so you can just do whatever. <laughs> Number 107, The Fighting Bancho of Flames. Hell yeah. Bancho being the stereotypical boss of the high school from a 1980s um a melodrama manga with the ridiculous epaulets built into his school uniform and the military style cap over his eyes um which only Basically really Jotaro Kujo. and references to bad manga so yeah if you've ever seen uh Jotaro Kujo from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure he's a stylized version of that look I was thinking Kill La Kill Kill La Kill also she- will do that yeah, um, the main character's best friend whenever she was the president of the fight club at school, her outfit was basically it a bancho outfit. It immediately morphs into a bancho outfit. Yeah, immediately, There's, yeah. With ridiculous like, epaulets that, like, tri- and, like, doubled her width. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. one game that Atlas took a chance on that I've always said, so they, I, as far as I can tell, they took an absolute bath on, uh... That is uh, also in reference to that. It was a PSP version of a longer series in Japan called Kenka Banjo. Uh huh. And they they brought one of those over. As far as I can tell, it sold like shit. But it was a neat Wasn't game. That, was that one of the games mentioned in Project Cross Zone? It might have been. I seem to remember. It was yeah, made. Yeah. It was made by, like, Spike, so I can't imagine why it would be, but it wouldn't surprise me there if they were. There are a lot of games. 
there are a lot of games in, mentioned in Project Cross Zone that you have to wonder how. Yeah. But yeah, if you, if you ever want to play like a weird time-based open-world beat-em-up for your PSP, Kankabancho Badass Rumble is pretty good. Uh, that's that's a very strange game because it's like you're trying to become the, the ultimate Bancho in Japan because everyone is having their school trips at the exact same time. And like... <laughs> You just have to, like, pick fights with as many... Like, there's this entire mechanic where in order to pick fights with someone, you have to lock eyes with them and then start insulting them. <laughs> and, like, whenever... It's always so funny when you just see it without context because the way that the game makes it clear you're locking eyes is it does, like, this... You see lasers shooting out of your eyes to the other person's eyes because it's like an anime where you're seeing a sudden, like, zing of light. But, yeah, it's it's... Truly ridiculous looking. It's a very strange uh, game, but honestly quite fun. I'm sad that we didn't get any other games in the series. Yeah, good game with a good translation. But yeah, those are some of the games that you don't see that often, uh, that you probably wouldn't see uh, since. Because like a lot of the companies that would make these kinds of games... Uh, went out of business. They can't really sustain themselves on modern budgets. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not really a market for games that are made simply and cheaply at this point. Like those get Except consigned. Except for stuff that shows up on Switch for download. Yeah, yeah. like it, they get consigned to download uh, shops, yeah. which can make them harder to market. Yeah. But yeah, like. In general, we've just seen a huge winnowing of the Japanese game industry over time as well. Just like every uh, every part of the world. Yeah, it's very uh, sad, but I mean, again, that's why Japan Demonium came to an end. There just wasn't wasn't anything to cover at that point. I was yeah, I mean, pretty much everything was coming over, and there was yeah, all the ex. The excessive variety of the PlayStation 2 and DS eras was over. Yeah, that actually reminds me of something that I was writing. Just doing sort of a, sort of a like overview slash like retrospective on uh, the PS1 game Ore no Riori, mm-hmm. and I love that game. But like partway through, I was like, this is kind of the the need to like highlight this kind of import game doesn't really exist anymore because most anything that's that weird either doesn't get produced or gets re- or gets released over here and I was like half tempted to write ask my friend at Gaijin Monogatari <laughs> thank you yes yeah if you want that sh- if you don't mind that shout out I'll throw that in there because I was like half tempted to just yes. yeah I was half tempted to just send you a like message like hey do you mind if I just call you out during this uh, this essay. Hey, so. I would be honored. I would be tickled pink. Go ahead. Okay, will do, will do. But yeah, so that's... Uh, that's been... Yeah, that's it's always something that's kind of hard to... Because there's like a lot that I love about modern the, the modern game industry, and there's a lot of ways for people that couldn't get games made before to get them. But you also lose that like there's also still been a 
lot of difficult to replace aspects of like the sheer zaniness of that era of uh, Japanese game outputs. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm still playing DS games on occasion. Yeah, thankfully there's a near infinite supply of those. So. Seriously. I mean, they're, they're getting harder to find in, stock, in stores. Just yeah. because people aren't selling them back anymore. Yeah, everyone who and, uh, wants one is keeping it at the stage. Yeah. I mean, I did pick up a... I did finally get a copy of the Eco, Creature, Eco Critters. Mm -hmm. So, because since I reviewed the second one and never played the first one. Well, that should be fun at least. Yeah, eventually. see. Uh, okay, to hit the next question. Considering the long-term failure of Inazuma and Yokai Watch, how the hell could Pokemon maintain such a dedicated fan base while still attracting new fans? Is it because well, Game Freak... First of all, okay. first of all calling, calling it long-term failure of Inazuma 11 and Yokai Watch kind of ignores the fact that they lasted a whole lot longer than most. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where... It, it they they're a failure to hang on operative to Pokemon, but Pokemon is like you know that one in a million franchise. It's like asking, oh, let's say, why did like Maple Story only last ten years when compared to World of Warcraft? <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, yeah, but I mean, actually, okay, similar comparison there because Warcraft has held on so long because it managed to really what's right word here make its niche and define pretty much define its genre and then hold that place with new content on a regular basis. Yeah. And that's basically what Pokemon's done. Um, first with the regular game updates and with the uh, general lack of singular plot line. Yeah, that helps. I yeah, mean, Yokai um, Watch eventually had to reach a point where it's like, well, we gotta switch characters, and I'm like, well, what do we do? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's and, a jumping I off mean, point. Same thing happened with Inazuma Eleven. The the biggest downturn happened after they had to reboot the series. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with Pokemon, it's you know, it's a new. I mean, first of all, it's not an actual character per se that you play in each game. It's your yeah. your player avatar, and the anime has gone on for so long that it's a lo just a joke now with Ash. Yeah, um, you just have to accept that he is the eternal 10-year-old. Yeah. So, and just, I mean, the way the anime itself is set up, there are no intrinsic main plots to resolve. Mm -hmm. So it, it actually ends up being evolving to something more closer to uh, a slightly more ep uh, linear Anpan Man. Yeah. So, where you just have situations and you have characters that you know how they're going to react and you just keep going. Mm. And there's, it's, yeah, I feel like a lot of that longevity is just that, um, it, you know, some, some of it is just that when you, uh, like, because Pokemon never really went away, other series are sort of the, like, that series is the series that, like every child has comes into contact with at some point. And then with each sort of generation of children, they kind of have their own other series that go along with it. Yeah. And plus the anime itself has this long, um, large, large library of 
holiday-specific episodes that they can show again and again. Brought out anytime. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, part of the reason why... The Pokemon version of its Arbor Day Charter, bro. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, you laugh, but I mean, I still remember the Children's Day episode. That has to happen. I can't imagine what that looked like dubbed. I'm sure they tried it, but I don't know what that looked like. It was like the first season. It was... um, yeah, it's like the entire the episode was built around a kindergarten in Japan, and um, to uh, and a second Meowth, not the talking one, but a, a different one who was like this little kid's best friend or something like that. And there was a um, comedy of comedy of identity and thing thing going on, and yeah, yeah, or, apparently did get dubbed as the perfect hero. Yeah, and then the uh, the Hina Matsuri episode. <laughs> The Pokemon Princess Doll episode, that's what that's the one that Lickitung first appeared in. Again, first season. <laughs> I am amazed that I remember all this stuff from literally 21 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah I remember Misty and Jesse having a big battle over Pokemon Princess Dolls, and then many years later realizing exactly what the dolls were. Yeah. Yeah. And why they were fighting over them. <laughs> my, my original impression was like, oh, it's like Barbies, but no, it's not. No, not quite. <laughs> uh, yep, that episode. Like, I love that they just had to, like... Uh, like, there was, there was a very curious thing that you could do with any media that took place in a fantasy world when it came to, like, a holiday uh, special for a holiday you don't celebrate. You just say, it's like, oh, it's a fantasy holiday. Don't worry about it, kids. <laughs> Oh, they're not trying... I mean... Okay, Sophia the First and Elena of Avalor do that quite a lot. Um, but one of my daughter's other favorite series is uh, Royal Detective Mira, and they don't pretend that it's fantasy holidays. They yeah, actually have I mean, in the 90s, that's what they would do. It's the yeah, well, I'm right. talking like in the past five years. Um, yeah. But this other show that they like, they have actual Hindu holidays involved. That's and pretty it's like, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Being being first gives Pokemon a lot of it. Like not first totally, but like being the the archetype of this type. This uh, gives Pokemon a lot of inbuilt advantage. Yeah, like gives it a lot of inbuilt advantages for uh, for longevity. And of course, now Pokemon has been around so long that parents share it with their children as something to bond over, which helps it a lot too. Yep. So part of the secret to how long it's lasted is the fact that it has lasted this long. Yeah, because there there was a downturn period. Like the the GBA games did not sell anywhere near as well as the uh, Game Boy or DS games, despite the GBA being popular. But because it weathered that down period instead of cratering, <laughs> uh, you know, now it can basically just be perennial. <laughs> yeah, it has generational inertia. Yep. But yeah, and, and of course, like, uh, there, there was always, uh, with, with Level 5's attitude uh, to these franchises, they were slightly less committed to keeping them around, which, uh, why is Tam shouting, it's here, it's here, it's here, in the chat? Um, maybe the Returnal patch? 
possibly. I guess I guess Sam will clarify. But uh, yeah, like I feel like uh, certainly they were happy to keep uh, Inazuma and Yokai Watch around when they turned out to be bigger successes and longer term successes than they realized. But I feel like they were generally less committed to keeping any one brand as long as some like Nintendo is with Pokemon. Plus, I mean, uh, oh, that's yeah, like they, they, you know, they typically, uh, and Tam is talking about Super Robot Wars 30. Yeah. I, I need to grab the Japanese version up because that apparently has the English localization in it and I would rather play it on Switch. <laughs> but, yeah, I might do that next month because early physical copies have some DLC I would like, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I feel like a lot uh, goes back to just you're not gonna they no one has managed to displace Pokemon and this right I don't think anyone can nope and if you can't displace Pokemon it's really hard to interrupt yourself and even if you do you'll be suffering through some sort of post-apocalyptic industry landscape probably it's like how how do you follow up on it you can't yeah is the success of the Xbox as a franchise down to Microsoft having enough money to tank out the sales disappointments that are the uh, original Xbox and Xbox One? Yes. 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 It was. It, it's both that they had the money and were prepared to lose it. Because, like, that's what. Because, uh, like, I've I've meant I've gone on this tangent before, and I'm going to maintain it. The Xbox brand to Microsoft does not exist just to make money. They would like it to make money. They will do everything in their power to make money. That's not the only thing it exists to do, and it's not the only reason, and it's not the necessarily the core reason they do it. The core reason they do it is that they want people to have fond associations of Microsoft rather than just being the OS that they use because that's what's on their computer. So, like, if you can, like, they, they want to have, like, a division that causes people to have fierce brand loyalty to Microsoft, and the Xbox division is the closest thing they have to that. Mm -hmm. And it was that preparation of, like, we are going to go into this, and we are prepared to lose money hand over fist for years and years and years and keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Because... It doesn't matter how hand over fist we lose money because we make an ungodly sum of money from everything else, but this fulfills other purposes. So it keeps happening. Uh, you'll, you'll find plenty of companies that probably could afford to lose money hand over fist over and over and over, but when they see what it looks like on their balance sheet, they just stop. Why are you getting something went wrong when you tried deleting something? I'm just trying to install, not delete. Oh, okay. But, uh... Yeah, like... You get companies like Facebook or Disney or whoever that, like, 
they or Google that will get into this and not be prepared to have a big red on their balance sheets for this division for years and years and years. And so they get into these, uh, the game business as like hardware or software developers and then realize that it's going to take 5, 10, 15 years before they're making a consistent profit and say, no, we'd rather not and stop. And like... That's that's the big that's the problem. That's the problem. There is not in anyone in the uh, company committed enough to the idea of we make video games in addition to all the other things we do to let them weather the fact that they're going to be unprofitable for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, see also everything else that Google has done in the past like seven years that hasn't immediately turned a profit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh in the in that same vein, Amazon, same thing. They keep pouring ungodly sums of money into something, and after they poured ungodly sums of money into it and realize that it's not anywhere near done because they don't know how to make a game, they cancel it and pour ungodly sums into a different thing. Mm-hmm. Ask me about some of the projects they've had to public, publicly cancel after spending like a hundred million dollars on them. <laughs> Does Stadia still exist? Technically? Yes. Theoretically? Realistically. Oh yeah, like the I just remembered what specific thing I was remembering, and it was Amazon canceling some Lord of the Rings game that they spent like heinous amounts of money in over two years, and then realized that the game was still probably at least two years away from being done, and were like, no, and killed it. <laughs> just, yeah, incredible. Uh, but yeah, uh, that just. You need a uh, corporate structure that is at least somewhat amenable to the idea of this project is going to be perfect, guys. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of not a lot of companies ready to do that. Remember the Matsushita M2? No. No. That was going to be the successor to the 3DO. Oh. They, uh, that sounds bad. Oh, yeah, they... They, like, 3DO devised, like, a set of... Uh, specifications for how the successor to the 3DO would work, and then uh, pulled out of the hardware business and sold the designs to Matsushita, known uh, in America mostly as Panasonic. Uh... And basically, they sold them that, and Panasonic was all ready to go on releasing that as their entry into the uh, console market as a competitor to the PS1 and Sega Saturn. Uh, And then, like, realizing how much money that was going to cost, they just... uh, throughout that entire idea. There's actually a couple of games that are built off of it, the hardware they devised that were arcade games that Konami made in the 90s. 
that that's all that that was used for in video games. Apparently, some of the technology was repurposed for uh, ATMs and coffee machines. <laughs> but yeah, kind of kind of fascinating to look back at. But yeah, uh, that late '90s period was the last time that like uh, companies with big electronics manufacturing arms were suddenly like because there's this interesting period where like when there are boom periods for video game systems you get uh companies that it makes some degree of logical sense for them to attempt uh breaking into that market but it's always a different kind of company so like in the 80s it was uh toy companies like mattel and uh coleco like they made, like, the Intellivision and ColecoVision. In the 90s, it was electronics manufacturers. So, like, Sony and Panasonic and Goldstar tried to make uh, make it big in consoles. And then in, uh, like, the last few years, it's been software tech companies, and they're trying to make cloud gaming. Uh, like, those, like, every time that there's, like, a major boom in the market you see these companies try to come in and make their own uh way in it and again like when the market hits a downturn the ones that don't have some part of their internal uh structure dedicated to it tend to slip out the back door <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, there are some DQ questions, but I think he wants us to save those for... Uh, we Platy online. <laughs> yeah, which we need to get Platy on. We haven't had it on Dark Yeah. But yeah, we could we could maybe look at a couple of these. Um, hmm. Let's do one or two more. I am... Okay, let's hit the, let's hit the big ass list then. Uh... I'm hitting the big ass list then. Young child was up okay. early this morning. Okay. Oh, well, I don't he's you. catching up to me. I feel you. Okay, let's see if we can come up with one for this one. It's number 61. What franchises do you enjoy the spin offs more than the main games? Um, should uh, we got me Yeah, say, kinda. Yeah. Okay, there. Like I love I love mainline SMT, but I can't pretend I don't love Persona more. So. And I got into that series uh, from Devil Survivor. Yep, I'm always surprised you were that late to the party. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, happens, it, was, it just looked like such a everyone weird has their strategy kinda, game. And, yeah, yeah, everyone kind of has their own gateway SMT because. Each of the spin-offs kind of sells to a different audience, and then they kind of all get pulled in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think part of it depends on how you define spin-offs, because technically Saga, Mana, and Tactics are all spin-offs of Final Fantasy. Yeah, but I wouldn't count those, because they're their own identity. Yeah. I would really only count uh, Mana even as one, because it's the only one that released as this is explicitly a spin-off. Yeah, but I mean, you can make the argument Japan. that Saga was originally based from Final Fantasy 2. You so. could, but uh, I would call it a spiritual successor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
probably enjoy Gargoyle's quest more than Ghosts of Goblins, but I don't think that's uh, going to ring many bells for most people. I agree with that <laughs> statement, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. just more just a case of, does anyone care about either franchise at this stage? I care about Gargoyle's quest. I do too. And Demon's Crest. That's well, just I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed... I definitely enjoyed Endless Frontier more than most of the me of the Super Robot Wars games. <sighs> but that's like literal apples and oranges growing from the same tree. Kinda, yeah. Hello there, Mr. Gummy. It's a good name. Also, Tam is offering to join us next week after our PG backtrack. Oh, fun. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, next week. Uh, uh, I think I'm on the backtrack next week. Yeah, yes. should be perfect. Yes. That's, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like uh, RPGs where this is the case. I feel like yeah. uh, there's only a handful of franchises that are uh, like RPGs that get a lot of spin-offs, and it's like Shin Megami Tensei, Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, and with Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, I like the spin-offs, but I definitely like the mainline games more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like SMTs are really the only one for me here, and that's... Like, spin-offs have been like the identity of that series for a long time, really. Yeah, it's yeah. almost more married to the theme than specific gameplay yeah. style. I mean, they tend to reinvent every single new console available. Yeah. Uh, um, something. I mean, okay, so enjoying enjoying one spin-off game better than the, than the main series, Star Ocean Blue Sphere. <laughs> I hope Star Ocean 6 is good. Uh, I hope that it's not bad. Uh... Uh, but yeah, um, I can't I can't think of any other major ones. Not enough RPGs getting spin-offs. Um. Uh, How good of a gaming PC could you build with the price of the last-gen PS4 Pro and Xbox One X? Uh, if you're starting from scratch, not a good one at all. <laughs> like, uh, how much did the One X retail for? Not nearly uh, as much as a good gaming PC? Not nearly. I think it was 500 at launch, and like... <laughs> A, a good gaming PC typically runs you, like, 500 will probably get you the GPU. And some, <laughs> maybe some of the way to the CPU. 
Like, the gaming PCs make a lot more sense when you already have one. And you're just swapping bits out of it. But if you're just starting from scratch, the initial outlay is way higher than a console. Which is and part of the point of consoles. Yep. If you're happy just, like, making an outlay once every seven or so years, then a console makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. If you uh, want to, you know, have the highest quality version, the highest technical quality version of the game, uh, and are happy, like, having upgrades once every three or so years, then, you know, a gaming PC is probably your thing. But, yeah, like, if you aren't starting from an existing PC, the, like, a gaming PC kind of has to ship a Theseus once every ten or so years. So, you know, you just do it over time. But yeah, like, if you're just getting it all at once, it's probably going to run you at the... If you're very good and building it yourself, you can maybe get a decent quality gaming rig at, like, $1,000. But... Not the... You're definitely not getting a, like, decent gaming PC at 500 Um... see and since the next question is related we can hit that as well um, okay. side price another advantage to consoles um, for people bringing it up it's the ease of use you put in a game and it works unlike pc is this idea still true in the age of first uh, day one patches always online no backwards compatibility and gigantic dlc uh yes mostly because yeah. every i still have plenty of Times where like a friend will try to install a PC game and it will work, it will fail to work in a spectacular and baffling fashion <laughs> because of like some unrelated gamers. way. To, because of this, because of some unrelated way that their like OS was configured. Like, oh, for some reason, yeah. like the entire game is displaying in Portuguese and I can't figure out why. <laughs> that is only a lightly edited story that I that a friend of mine had. It's just like, well, that. There was something messed up about how Windows was working, and that was uh, causing the game to do strange things. Like, you can complain that a game is incomplete on a console, and, like, we can have debates about what incomplete means for a game and all that, but uh, just in general, like, if a game is going to mess up on a console, it's going to mess up in a very uh, consistent fashion, and that's very important for troubleshooting. Whereas on PC, uh, there's just too many variables with PCs. Yeah, and like they've gotten more stable over time. Certainly, we are not in the era of uh, there QDOS. are twelve different. <laughs> we are not in the era of QDOS. We are not in the era of there are twelve different graphics cards manufacturers all manufacturing to different specifications. Now there are only three or four. Uh, but yeah, like. Uh, we we've we've moved away from that period, so like there are less uh, configurations, but there are still plenty of ways that a PC game can break in truly daffy ways that a console game kind of came out, and that's still worth it to a lot of people, myself included. Uh, I like the word daffy. Why well, I get to use the word daffy a lot? But, yeah. Wheels, are you still awake? Um, partially. 
Okay. You're right, you said that you had wanted us to end after a few months. Yes, yes, so. yes. End it. Okay. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to talk about while Wheels is done? Um, let's see. Um, I have an ongoing series on Kindle. Go please read it and review it. Please, pretty please. Sugar on top. Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Michael Yadimizu. Um, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that works. Yep, Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Uh, give, it a, give, it a, give it a read, give it a review. Um, yes. Let's see, Wheels is doing Sunday Night Nonsense every Sunday. Uh, I don't remember if that's actually its name. Uh, uh, um, working uh, title. Yeah. Uh, Wheels. It, uh, Sunday Night Shenanigans with Wheels and Friends. That's not a final name. Uh, can't believe uh, can't believe I've been reduced to the and friends moniker <laughs> but let's see uh, but yeah that happens every Sunday at like midnight eastern 9 pacific mm-hmm. uh, on the RP Gamer channel sometimes it's followed by us playing fighting games on wheels switch channel twitch.tv slash askwheels or sometimes he'll even play other things like horror games that he still needs to finish because he still hasn't played Resident Evil 8. Oh, yeah. um, as for me, uh, as I keep obnoxiously bringing up, I uh, write some things on Patreon, usually things that are not RPG-focused because uh, my RPG-focused discussion tends to go to RP Gamer. But, uh, you know, if you want to hear more of me rambling about stupid games like the Scarface game will probably show up sometime in the next month. Uh, then uh, that's at uh, patreon.com slash gameculturestudy. Uh, don't worry, you don't have to pay to read if you, uh, like, everything on there is just free and up the same day, uh, regardless of whether you're contributing. But if you choose to contribute, I'll thank you a lot, and I'll probably take into consideration if you ask me to write about something. Uh, but otherwise, uh, maybe share it around if you want as well. Um, as for this very podcast... Oh, wait, there is also... Uh, I believe next week is Extra Life? Yes, is ne- that correct? not this weekend. The following weekend is Extra Life. Yeah, that's why I said next week. Yeah, uh, I will be away that weekend, so we'll not be partaking in the majority of it, but we'll be there for the end. For It'll Sunday be closed night. out with shenanigans. Yes. But yeah, uh... Extra Life, uh, come join, watch. There will be plenty of streaming. A lot of, you know, charming, fun people will be talking about games that they love, presumably. And also, I think there's some among us in that stream setup as well. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the one time that'll be allowed on the RPG channel. So, um, sad I'm missing that. That would have been, that that would could have been, been very fun, sus. Oh. Uh, <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, so, you know, come join us. Donate. Uh, you can find more details on RPGaming.com, where you can also join us on the Discord. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, go to the community section and click the Discord link and you can join us. There's a lot of great discussion there. It's a lovely community. Uh, every so often, someone will ping me and I will remember to check discussion. It's always nice when that happens. And also, I'm always <laughs> called in for my knowledge of the worst things imaginable. So that's fun. Uh, let's see... 
but yeah, and you can ask us questions. You can ask us in the comments section under this on rpgamer.com, or you can ask us in the Discord, or if you're feeling really spicy, you can try to catch us streaming this, which usually happens on Wednesday nights around 9 Pacific, uh, it, like 11, uh, 8.30-ish Pacific, 11.30 Eastern, uh, and you can ask us questions in the chat if you really feel spicy and want our immediate takes. But yeah, uh, all of those, we love getting questions. Thanks once again to Fireminer for all of the lovely questions. We really appreciate it. Uh, you save us from uh, the worst excesses of me talking about Ephemeral Fantasia for 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, recommended at the price. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's uh, that's... That's it for this week, I guess. Uh, see you, Space Cowboys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she.